0: Hey, I want to take a time out right now to do a little hashtag humble brag. We just got a five-star review from our man, Andrew up in Wisconsin. That's right. Wisconsin. I know what you're thinking. Hey, aren't you in Alabama? How are you helping people in Wisconsin? We're licensed in more than 40 states, so we can hook you up too, but don't take my word for it. Let's listen to Andrew's five-star review over at conradreviews.com. The best part of working with first family mortgage was the communication that started with the first phone call. From the start, Steven gave me advice on getting my credit score up. Then Jimmy took it from there and was only a text message away on any question I had. The bottom line is you can't beat friendly customer service and excellent communication. I can't thank everyone at first family enough. Our dream home is finally reality five-star service at its best. Yeah, you heard me right. He said our dream home is finally a reality. So if you're a renter and you're looking to buy a house, there's no better place to start and save with Conrad.com. If you already own your own home, but you're looking to pay it off faster and with cheaper monthly payments, you just can't beat save with Conrad.com. Maybe you've got credit card debt or a second mortgage, maybe even worse. You're in a 30 year loan. We can show you how to keep more of your own money and get rid of all that debt. Just like that. at save with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084 equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Find out how much money you can save for free at SaveWithConrad.com. I tell your landlord that uh <clears throat> he's been future endeavored. Thanks to savewithconrad.com.
1: Will he wanna gold man? Slam, he'll lay you out
2: on the floor. So listen up, it's time to go. It's the Kurt Angle Show. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be discussing my very first pay-per-view match in TNA against the undefeated Samoa Joe at Genesis 2006 But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How are you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I'm doing
3: great, man. It's great to see you again. I know you uh are feeling maybe a little bit rested and relaxed. You just came off the Jericho cruise, right?
2: Yeah, I had a blast. My wife and I went on the cruise. It was the best vacation I ever had. My really wife and i uh we uh had a, such a romantic trip. Uh, laying out every day, hot tub every day, just soaking in the sun. Uh, and you know what? The fans were great. You know, they, they didn't bother me much. They just said hi. They, you know, might want to take a picture real quick. But it was really cool. And, you know, all I had to do was a few appearances, uh, you know, some fo- a photograph session. I did a podcast with Chris Jericho, which was really cool. And we also did Family Feud, my team versus Chris Jericho's team. But it was a lot of fun. This cruise, if you've never been on it, you have to do it. It's a great experience.
3: Man, that's awesome. And uh, it was reported by uh, Bleacher Report Wrestling that you were while you were sitting in the ring with Jericho, they actually got you to do a little Sexy Kurt, didn't Yes,
2: they? yes. I performed Sexy Kurt one more time. Or I should say one last time. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever do it again. But the fans absolutely loved it. They sang along, too. It was great.
3: <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Listen, I'm glad that you guys got to get away a little bit. No kids, a little yeah. r- relaxation, a little romantic time away. And, uh, and Jericho Cruise, I think it's coming back around again in the springtime, so there's a plug there if you haven't gotten a chance to do it. Kurt and Giovanna highly recommend it definitely. Uh, yeah. Nah, that's awesome, man. Well, listen, let's get into it. You mentioned, uh, we're getting into the big time event here. Genesis 2006, 15 years ago already, Kurt. And, uh, there's been a lot going on, uh, on the Kurt angle show the last month between the Shawn Michaels Ironman match TNA bound for glory 2011. And we got to hear you talk to Samoa Joe the interview you and I did with the Mysterios. It's been quite the month for the show. What kind of feedback are you hearing, Kirk?
2: Oh, uh, nothing but great episodes. And they've been a lot of fun too. And this episode today should be fun as well. But, uh, you know, I've gotten great feedback from all the fans from these previous episodes, especially Sean Michaels and Samoa Joe and definitely the Mysterios. They absolutely love that episode.
3: Man, that's awesome. And, uh, you also discussed your debut at No Surrender, No Surrender, but we're going to get into uh, talking about the build of you and Samoa Joe at Genesis 2006, and we got a lot to cover, man, so we're going to go ahead and get started this week. Uh, you debut at the pay-per-view after filming the vignettes, so let's break down what's next. What are you initially told your creative is going to be
2: at this point in TNA? All I was told was Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe. And, and I understood, you know, it took me a long time to realize I didn't want to do it at first because I felt like Samoa Joe and I should build up to that match. I should enter the company. Him and I should walk by each other down the hallway and, you know, kind of stare at each other, maybe uh, make a comment toward each other, kind of like what Brock and I did for WrestleMania 19. And I thought that, you know, we could build it up for six to eight months and do even more pay-per-view buys, but They were right to do that because I was one of the biggest names coming into TNA, and I had to have a feature match for my first pay-per-view, and it couldn't be a world title match. So Samoa Joe was the perfect opponent for me because he was undefeated and he was super hot. Would I have waited six to eight months? Yes. But I also think that it was the right choice because Kurt Angle was coming in TNA, and he needed a feature match.
3: We've talked about this a little bit before, Kurt, you and I, and the times that I've hosted the show, but were you watching TNA at any time at this point? Had you oh, watched
2: Religiously. <laughs> were you? Okay. I was like a little kid in a candy store. I couldn't wait to work all these great talents. There, there were so many talented guys, guys and girls. The knockouts were great too.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a, a little bit about the roster. So at that time you have Samoa Joe, you got Jeff Jarrett, AJ, Christopher Daniels, Hernandez, Christian Cage is there at this point, Abyss, Raven. We can't forget Sting. This is loaded, man. Did you request, you, you know, you mentioned, Hey, I wanted Samoa Joe. Was there anybody else in your mind outside of Samoa Joe that you thought, man, I can't wait to get my hands on them?
2: Well, there were a lot of talent I couldn't wait to get my hands on. You know, AJ Styles, Sting, you know, it would have been my first encounter with Sting. Jeff Jarrett, um, you name it. Uh, You know, Jay Lethal, Bobby Roode, James Storm. There were so many great talent there, and I knew uh, that I'd have incredible matches with these guys. So I was really excited.
3: So we're talking about the talent here. Uh, Jeff Jarrett recently said on his podcast uh, that you were you know, a top guy, probably paid the most of any TNA wrestler at this point. Uh, were you having discussions about title runs or anything like that coming in?
2: No, I, I didn't really want to discuss that. I wanted to help the company. I wanted to make the company grow. Uh, I wasn't uh, guaranteed anything, uh, no promises. I just wanted to contribute. That, that was my number one goal to do. You would
3: have to think. You know, a, a guy of your stature, Kurt Angle, obviously multi-time WWE champion coming in. This is a big, big deal for TNA to sign you. Olympic gold medalist to bring you in. They have to already know in mind, we want this guy to be the brand, the name, carrying the torch for our organization at some point. So whether they said anything to you early or you said anything to them early, I'm sure it's on their mind that you're going to carry the title at some point soon.
2: Oh yeah, and it didn't take me long to win that title, so uh, I, I wasn't surprised. Uh, but they they did pause for a little bit. I, I didn't win it for like a good five or six months, I, I believe that was the length of time. Uh, but but it was the right time for me to win the title. It, it was my first title run, and uh, it did occur, I believe, in two thousand seven, and uh, I was I was really excited about that. You know, be, being a world champion in any company, you have to take a lot of pride in it.
3: Absolutely, Kurt. So listen, the first match that they announced that you would wrestle in uh, for TNA was at Arena Monterey. It was supposed to be uh, against Christian Cage, November 25th. You would ultimately take on a at that show, but you're going to headline the TNA show. This is arena, by the way, for all of you that aren't aware of this arena in Mexico that holds 18,000 people. So what do you think? You're coming in. They're
2: automatically making you the headline. This is a big deal, right? Yeah, it was a huge deal. And, you know, being in that bigger arena, it showed growth for the company. You know, we were always in the impact zone, you know, stuck in that impact zone uh, where there are only 900 fans that uh, go to the show. Uh, This was a big arena, 18,000 seats. We didn't fill it by any means, but uh, we, we, we had a few thousand fans there and it was pretty good turnout and it showed growth of the company.
0: Boy, we love talking about our friend, Steven Singer. And I'll tell you, the competition must really hate Steven Singer. You see, he's not focusing on sales, coupons, or discounts. No, no. Steven is in the love business. And to celebrate love with his guests means giving the very best price every single day. Steve is the first to offer the perfect price. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Well, here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. Now, the guy next to you may be paying less. Is that how you want to purchase something special for someone special? Steven doesn't play those pricing games. You can trust Steven Singer jewelers for the best value every single day. He stands behind that value with the best guarantee in the business and no risk shopping. That's why we trust Steven Singer. Buy real jewelry from a real jeweler. Visit Steven singer jewelers at the other corner of eighth and Walnut and Philly or online. at hate Steven com. singer, jewelers, one place, one price. That's I hate dot
3: Well, Kurt, during this time it's reported in the observer and here we go. We're jumping into the observer newsletter. And I think this is hysterical that the WWE sent a nasty legal letter to you with a series of demands. It noted that you're not allowed to use the, the term ankle, uh, angle lock, your angle lock, which I never remember them ever, you know, using. They it, never it. did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can't be called the wrestling machine. You can't have machine on your mouthpiece. Okay. So no machine. Do you remember anything else the WWE listed? And what did you think of the letter?
2: Oh come on it's the WWE they trademark everything. <laughs> I, I I couldn't say it's true, you I couldn't say you suck. <laughs> I, I couldn't use the term the wrestling machine, you know, but but that that's WWE. They've always done that, they always will do that, they'll always protect their assets.
3: Well hey Daniel Bryan, I mean if you notice now everybody chants yes 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 or Bryan Danielson but he will not raise his arms out of respect to them and I guess it you know so so there you go. Good choice, Daniel. Yeah, good for him. There you go. Well, it's also said in the Observer that the Olympic Committee was the reason why the Olympic Slam was changed to the Angle
2: Slam. Is that right? Yeah, the Olympic Committee wanted to get paid every time we used the word Olympic. (laughs) It was ridiculous. And it's crazy because uh, before we stopped using the word Olympic, we were warned by the Olympic Committee and Michael Cole on purpose on Raw one night. He said Olympic 26 times just to piss them off. Oh my God. (laughs) Now, I don't know if WWE got fined for it or not, but, uh, you know, I'm sure that Vince wasn't happy about that, but I thought it was pretty funny.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Look at Cole living on the wild side, just going for it there. Yeah. Good for you, Michael Cole. That's funny. Well, on September 28th, it's announced by Jim Cornette that you were to be the special guest enforcer at bound for glory. For the Jeff Jarrett versus Sting title versus career match, was this done to give you a spot in the main event on the biggest pay per view uh, in TNA's history without having you first uh, your first match overshadow the rest of the show?
2: Yeah, you have to remember uh, all these talent, uh, these great talented guys and girls. They worked all year long for this pay per view. For me to walk in and just enter the main event and win the world title or whatever the you know if they had plans for me to do that, it wouldn't have been right. So what they did was they gave me a good spot, uh, a, a spot with purpose, uh, which was the special ring in-ring enforcer uh, in my main event match against, with Sting against uh, Jeff Jarrett. And it was a perfect spot for me. Um, you know, I, I, had a, I had a purpose in the match, and I wasn't overshadowing any, anybody. Well, Kurt, uh, they
3: bring you in. Your debut as a TV on TV as a sit-down interview that's spliced together in a two-minute segment. Did you film this the first night in Nashville?
2: Yes, we did it in Nashville. It was a simple piece. It was a sit-down interview, nothing fancy, just a human interest piece. And uh that's how they introduced me.
3: Well, Kurt, I have it here and we're gonna check right. it out together. Let's take a look.
1: Ladies and gentlemen. Let's hear from the Olympic gold medalist. Oh, have you heard? Kurt Angle is in TNA.
2: My dream was to win an Olympic gold medal. When I finally did that, I looked around and I said, I never thought what what I was going to do after that. I had to find something else. I went into pro wrestling, put my body on the line, won six WWE titles. And then somebody came to me and said, you're not that special. There really was nothing else to prove over there. And I saw a company on the rise. It was right here at TNA. So I figured when I had the chance, I was gonna take that opportunity to come here and prove to everybody in the world that not only can I dominate WWE, but I can come to TNA and beat everybody in that company. These guys wanna be the best in the world. And every single one of them, and I met all of them, They had that look in their eye. It's called the eye of the tiger. Same look I had when I won the Olympic gold medal. The same look I have right now. There was a point where I hit rock bottom, and I'd have to say it was when I was addicted to uh, extra strength Vicodin. It all started when I broke my neck, and I had neck surgery. The doctor heard about my stories, you know, on my broken neck. He said, listen, we're going to wean you down. I said, no, I want to quit today. Hurt? We're gonna take care of you. We're gonna make sure your health is good. We're gonna keep doctors on you 24-7. We're gonna make sure your, your, your relationship with your wife and your children are, are going great. And what I found out this last year is what's most important isn't the wrestling, it's my family. Bound for glory, October 22nd. This is gonna be history. It's gonna be a revived Kurt Angle, a Kurt Angle that people have never seen before. Bound for glory, it's gonna be redemption. I had the CEO of the WWE tell me right to my face, an Olympic gold medal and a cup of coffee don't mean. But what would I like to say to my former employer of WWE? Is watch what I do. If you think you saw Kurt Angle when I was there, you haven't seen nothing yet. Kurt.
3: What do you think as you watch that back?
2: <laughs> well, a lot of excitement and a lot of anger. <laughs> I, uh, you know, more of it was about the WWE. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was, um, pretty better at that particular point in time. And, and most of it was my fault that what occurred in WWE, but, um, they, they weren't listening. I was crying for help and nobody was really helping and uh that's why I got bitter and not that they didn't help me at certain times it just um they knew that I was having difficulty with painkillers they knew that uh, I was having a lot of injuries um you know Vince McMahon did the best he could to try to get me clean uh but uh, you know the issue was um I didn't want to get clean at that particular time so um I I you know I was really bitter uh with at that company Even though it was really my fault, most of the stuff that occurred in that company, uh, I have to take the blame for. And, uh, but, but, you know, when you leave and you go somewhere else, you're excited to start a new chapter in your life and you want to put the past behind you. And that's what I was doing.
3: Do you like the way uh, this being the first way they kind of bring you out on TV, kind of in this sit down, stare at the camera intensity? Do you like that this way, you know, them leading you out to television?
2: Yeah, I don't think of any other uh, another better way. This this was the best way to to uh uh pr- present myself, you know, uh, especially um uh, wanting to tell the story of why I'm here in TNA and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to accomplish. It was a perfect piece.
3: Yeah, I thought it was uh really well done. Showed your intensity, kind of told the story of why you're here, what happened and uh definitely fueled where the fuel was coming from and how you were ready to tear it up in TNA. Kurt, you do an interview with Bubba, the love sponge and some media appearances. And I'll be honest in my research. It seems like a lot of what you were talking about wasn't TNA, but it was about your release from the WWE and Vince McMahon. Were you in the right state of mind to be doing media appearances at this point? You think?
2: No, I wasn't. I shouldn't have been doing media appearances. I still was bitter at WWE and, um, you know, Most of my conversations with the media were about WWE instead of TNA. And the reason I was there is to promote TNA. So I wasn't in the right state of mind at that particular time.
3: Well, and the wounds still had to be fresh. When you and I did your episode talking about leaving the WWE, you, you got very emotional sharing that story. It wasn't that long before you had reached out and you and Dixie were having conversations and you made the decision to come to TNA. So these are fresh wounds.
2: Yeah, they were fresh. I mean, you know, pretty much brand new and, uh, you know, it, it, the cool thing was I found another home and Dixie Carter made that, that home very special for me. And, uh, I couldn't f- ask for anything better than that.
0: How do you banish high rates on car insurance? You switch to Geico during Geico ween. <laughs> okay. I like making the sound that way. Let me do it again. Okay. October is Geico's favorite time of the year and Geico has been working even harder to cast out high rates on car insurance and craft just the right coverage for you and your family. But here's the thing you may not know about Geico. They can also help you uncover more savings. When you bundle the other things parked in your driveway, like your beloved motorcycle, your boat, or even a home away from home, your RV Geico could even help you on your homeowners and renters insurance. So visit geico.com and you'll see firsthand that switching your insurance coverage doesn't have to be scary. The only thing that'll haunt your nightmares is seeing just how much you could have saved. Had you switched sooner Geico 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Happy Geico Wayne.
3: Well, uh, You're really ready to be the top guy for TNA. Everything you've gone through, do you feel like, hey, I'm ready now to give it my all and, and do whatever it takes for this brand?
2: Yeah, it was a fresh start for me. This is what I wanted. It was a new beginning, and I wanted to accomplish everything that I did in WWE and even more in TNA.
3: Let's talk about your body status at this point. You're off the road for a little bit of time here, not taking bumps. Do you feel like you're in a good place in terms of your overall health?
2: Yeah, my health was pretty good. I, you know, I had some hamstring injuries, um, my neck injury, but, um, you know, th- they're, they're always going to be there. I just have to protect them. And, uh, other than that, I was, I was pretty much healthy. I was ready to go. All right. Good stuff. Well, here we go. It's
3: October 19th, your first in-ring segment for TNA airs. I'm going to paint the picture here and then we're actually going to check it out together. Samoa Joe's in the ring with Mike Tenay he has possession of the nwa title your music hits and you come out and confront him eye to eye face to face i'm not going to spoil it we're going to play the clip you ready for this yes sir all right here we go
1: time samoa joe we need your answer what's it going to be You can see him what studying do the documents. Samoa Joe turning the belt back in or not? Oh! He gets ripped it up right there in front of Mike today.
2: There's your answer.
1: You get oh! oh.
3: Holy shit. That's goosebumps, baby.
2: That was awesome.
3: <laughs> that was awesome is right. I had I mean, heard
2: from around the world.
3: <laughs> well, let's okay. Let's talk about it. You said it. What about,
2: what did Joe say? Anything about the headbutt? any heat from him? Cause man, you cried. Oh, he him open. loved it. He loved it. He loved the, the intensity. He, he, you know, he said it was a hard headbutt, but he, you know, his head's harder than mine. I probably hurt my head worse than I heard his. But um he loved it. Uh he loved the whole segment. We talked about it continuously after it happened. There there wasn't there wasn't a better way we could have presented that. That was as good as it gets.
3: Buddy, I'm gonna start from the beginning and break it down. Okay, here we go. First of all, TNA, I gotta give him credit. Your entrance, you coming up from the ground, okay, with the flag behind you. I mean, is this your idea or they? All all my
1: idea. (laughs) Okay,
3: that's what I want to know. This is all your idea, your entrance. Hey, bring me up from the ground. I'm gonna drape the flag behind me. That's all you and your your idea.
2: Yes, that was okay.
3: Fantastic. It just makes you. I mean, you're just a star coming in. So love that you come down. Crowd is insane. The announcers, Tanae and Don West, are crushing it on the mic. When they flash to the crowd, people are jumping up. Cheering. They're not just cheering, they're jumping. And you can feel you and Joe and the intensity of the stare down. And the headbutt, him, you know, the hard way and the whole deal, your mouthpiece that said impact on it. It was on, brother. That was just it had everything.
2: Oh, the electricity in the air was incredible. I mean, the fans reaction, Mike May <laughs> and Don West. Going at it. Uh Smo and I, Joe and I just, you know, doing our thing, man. It was it was the, one of the best segments I've ever been a part of. Uh, that's what I wanted Especially to know. For an introduction segment, Yeah, it, it's as good as it gets. It really is.
3: Now, tell me about the TNA office, Dixie Group. What are they saying? What are they thinking you guys come oh, back? Oh, they
2: thought we knocked it out of the park. They okay. were so excited and so very happy about it.
3: Yeah, you, you couldn't ask for a better build to a pay-per-view match between the two
2: of you at this point. No, that was the right thing to do.
3: So after the taping goes off the air, you announced that Vince McMahon could kiss your Olympic gold medal ass. Was this just a heat of the moment type of thing, or was that really your mindset towards Vince at this time?
2: (laughs) No, my mindset was never kiss my ass, Vince McMahon. Um, it was spur of the moment. It was just heat of the moment. It was something that came up in in my mind right then. And I just said it, (laughs) buddy, you had to be jacked up on adrenaline. I mean, give me a break. I was. And, you know, I had, I had some bitterness inside me still. And, you know, I, I, I let it rip. (laughs) (laughs) No surprise, Kurt at bound for
3: glory. It's written in the observer that tickets for the show started to move faster once you're announced for the show. And it's credited with the biggest pay-per-view buy rate in TNA's history at that point. I mean, this is all what they would hope, right? This is all what they expect when they put pen to paper on a Kurt Angle contract did you think immediately, Hey, I know this is my presence and it's already starting to happen, you know, for the company as a result.
2: Well, yeah, I believe partially it was me. Uh, you know, the, the fans were excited to hear that Kurt Angle would enter TNA and they wanted to see what I was going to do, what I was going to do next, what I was up to. And, uh, you know, they, they were going to order the pay-per-view to see what, 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 what part I would take in it. So I, I do believe that the fans, uh, bought more pay-per-view buys because uh, they wanted to see what Kurt Angle was going to do at this pay-per-view.
4: Hey everybody, Wayne Allen Root, the king of Vegas sports gambling and America's odds maker. And by the way, the media is the one who gave me those brand names 36 years, the best of the business with my own star on the Vegas walk of stars with Frank Sinatra, Elvis and Wayne Newton, not too shabby, former odds maker and NFL analyst for CNBC. In those days it was called Financial news network today, it's called CNBC, and I was the best in the world at what I did on national TV for several years with CNBC. And now I bring all my expertise winning point spread advice, picking winners, making your money, profitability. It's all about winning on NFL and college football and basketball and baseball and every sport you can name at vegaswinners.com. So far this season. I've started out on fire, 23 and 8 in the NFL, unheard of, almost 80% winners, 12 and 1 with the biggest TV games, primetime, Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night games, and 4 and 0 with four games of the year in the last four weeks. I've now won 13 of my last 15 NFL Sundays and every record I just quoted you is independently documented and monitored by an independent service. So you know you get honesty and credibility and integrity with every pick from Wayne Allyn Root. So go to VegasWinners.com right now, register. It takes less than a minute to register and then you're off and running with $1,000 in free coupons. Yes, I'm giving you $1,000 in free winners to start you off at VegasWinners.com. Go check it out. Best sports handicapping site in the world. Vegaswinners.com. If I'm not your cup of tea, I went out and found 21 of the greatest sports handicappers in the world. All 21 in a lineup at Vegaswinners.com, giving you their best point spread winners every single day, seven days a week. Vegaswinners.com.
3: Well, here we go. We're going to find out what you, what's going on at Bound for Glory because Jim Cornet uh, comes out. And, uh, you come out and cut a promo against Samoa Joe. He comes out again. There's a pull apart brawl between the two of you. And did you know right away that you two were going to be electric in the ring together? Did you just feel it? Know it in that moment? No. Hey, there's going to be serious electricity between me and Joe.
2: Yes. I knew right away. I knew that we had it. Uh, we had the fans wrapped around our fingers. Uh, Samoa Joe and I had great chemistry with each other. We we definitely both had matched their each other's intensity. It was all there, and uh, we knew it.
3: Well, th- my goodness, if you couldn't feel it from that that first encounter there, that was just incredible. So it's reported in the Observer that when Sting gets to the building for Bound for Glory, he had no idea that you were added to the match. Is that how you remember it, Kurt?
2: Yeah, St- <laughs> Sting was. Um, you know, Sting did his own thing. You know, he 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 didn't. He didn't want to be bothered when he was at home. Um, I believe that he always found out what he was doing when he got to the building. So uh, I'm not surprised that Sting didn't know that I was going to be part of that pay-per-view match. Uh, but you know what? That's how Sting is. Sting is not political by any means. He's not going to push for himself to be the champion. He is a good guy, and he, he uh, he's very fair about uh, wanting to be part of the company. He's not asking to be the guy in the company. He just wants to contribute. And that's what I love about sting. No politicalness there.
3: Well, and that also speaks to his longevity in the business. When he decides he wants to be a part of wrestling, it seems like companies welcome him with open arms.
2: No matter how old he gets, that's right.
3: And I think a lot of it, probably not a lot of it, some of it has to do with you're not going to get any issues out of Sting in terms of the politics.
2: He has a great attitude, and he always did. I, I, I have never been told that Sting uh, did anything political or tried to push himself above everybody else. I was always told that he kept his mouth shut and did what he was told, and that's what I love about Sting. Well, there you
3: go. So. From the Observer, here we go. It's the main event. Referee Rudy Charles was about to count to 10, ending the match uh, with Sting. And when Angle runs in and gives Charles the angle slam and takes over as referee, Sting used a stinger splash and the scorpion death drop on Jarrett. But Jarrett would kick out. Jarrett used a stroke on Sting and he kicked out. Jarrett was about to use an object, but Sting took it away. Angle then took it from Sting while Jarrett grabbed the guitar and hit Sting. Ding No sold the guitar shot and used the Scorpion Deathlock for the submission. What did you think with this match and your role in it as the
2: special enforcer here, Kurt? I thought the match was great. Um, I, I felt like um, you, know, you know there are some weapons used in it that probably did not need we didn't really need to use, but I, I totally understand. Jeff has the guitar and he's going to utilize it as much as he can. Uh, but I played my role perfectly. I I was supposed to be in ring special in ring enforcer. I was make su- I was to make sure there was a determined winner that there would be a winner in the match. And Rudy, the referee, was about to count out both guys, and it would have been a, a double. It would have been a draw. And what I did was angle slam Rudy and continued the match until there was a winner. So I played my part in the match and I did my role.
3: And you were still part of the show and the fans got to see you. They got to see the angle
2: slam too. (laughs) That's right. You got the angle
3: slam in there. What else do you need? Perfect way to end bound for glory. Kurt, you're used to working small shows in the WWE when you were in ECW, but this is 3,800 people in an arena. Did you know how big it was going to be to help build the TNA brand? And when their biggest
2: pay-per-view of the year draws 3,800 people. Yeah, that's that's a little rough. Uh, I knew my work was cut out for me. That uh, we, I had a long journey ahead of me. Uh, when you do 3,800 people in your biggest pay per view of the year, that's not so. Uh, that's not nothing. That's not anything to brag about. And uh, I knew I had my work cut out for me, and I knew that I we had a lot more room for growth.
3: Well, this is going to be a fun little tidbit. I can't wait to hear from you on this one from the Observer. Kurt Angle and Vince Russo have been talking a lot because Angle is being given a lot of power over his own programs. In many ways, it appears that Angle is going to be the new Jeff Jarrett as far as being the person the shows are built around, which as long as he's healthy is for the better. Kurt, did you have power over your own programs and what was your relationship like with Vince Russo at the time?
2: Well, Vince and I had great chemistry. I love Vince. Uh, I loved working with him every bit as much as I loved working with Brian Gewurtz in WWE. Uh, but, um, you know, did I have power over my own programs? No. I didn't want power. Uh, that's not what I was all about. I, I, I wanted uh, I wanted Vince Russo to write for me and create for me. And that's what he did. And he did it really well. And I, I didn't want any power. I didn't want any uh Promises given to me about world titles. I just wanted to contribute to the show and make it bigger. And so for
3: you, as long as you had Vince Russo in your corner, writing your creative, helping with you, you were golden. I was
2: golden as long as I had Vince Russo writing for me. Okay.
3: Good stuff. Also from the observer angle situation is interesting because he's watching everything closely and giving his opinions on everything. His mentality is that he ne- they needed him to be more of a serious edge promotion, unlike an ECW where the wrestlers weren't in awe of him because most of them had more experience than he did and didn't like his advice and suggestions. Most of the guys here see him as a legit superstar and have a 180-degree different reaction when he takes time to give them suggestions. So I want to start here with these comments. Uh, about ECW. Is what Meltzer said true? Did the ECW guys not want to take your advice, Kurt?
2: Not that I know of. I I didn't hear anything about this. The first time I heard it was a couple weeks ago on this podcast where uh, you said that uh, Meltzer stated that uh, uh, the wrestlers didn't want to take my advice and they were mad at me and didn't like me. And I didn't know any of this. If if that's true, I, I had no idea. Well, I, that's why
3: I want to ask you, like, I want to hear like, so you had no clue to that. You never felt that heard that nothing.
2: Oh, nothing like that. I, I, uh, that's the first time I heard about it. And, uh, you know, when I went to TNA, these guys were open for advice. They, they, they wanted advice. They wanted to hear what I had to say. And, uh, rightfully so. I mean, I may have had a WrestleMania. I was in, in the company as a top guy in WWE for six years I mean, I have a lot of advice to give, and I gave a lot of advice to a lot of wrestlers. You know, Bobby Rue, James Storm, Jay Lethal, Chris Saban, you name it, Uh, Jay Lethal, Eric Young. Uh, So there were a lot of guys that were willing to hear me out, and I I had a lot to teach them.
3: You mentioned a couple guys. Are there one or two that stands out that you thought, man, these guys, like you felt like you just took them under your wing a little bit, and they were the guys that were always the ones who were – Kurt, I want to learn from you. I like your advice. I want to talk, pick your brain a little bit more. Are there one or two that stand out more than others? Bobby
2: Roode and James Storm. I I, I spent a lot of time with those guys. I traveled with them quite a bit too. And I gave them a lot of advice and they were excellent wrestlers. They, they had a lot of poise and they had a lot of promise.
3: Now that's, that's good. So you mentioned at the beginning when you came in to, to uh, TNA, it was Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe. Uh, it's announced that you and Joe will face off in a dream match at Genesis. Was there anyone else even considered to be your first big opponent?
2: No, nobody else was considered. All I was told was I was going against Samoa Joe and I totally understood why I, you know, I I did need a feature match. And I said this before Samoa Joe was undefeated. He was hot at the time. I couldn't wrestle for the world title, just coming into the company. Uh, without, uh, at least spending six months to a year before I had a title shot, but Joe was a perfect feature match for me. Would I have waited six to eight months? Yes. To build it up, but it was still a great matchup for me. And it was perfect.
0: Paul is here and we could all use a stiff breeze. Uh, what did Vince call Kurt once El Stiffo? Uh, that's right. This episode is sponsored by blue chew. So let's chew it and do it guys. Confidence can take you far in life. I can also help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate, and that's where our friends at Blue Chew come in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take these dudes anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or just be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, the process is simple. You just sign up at bluechew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Now here's the best part. It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA prepared and shipped direct to your door, all in a discreet package. Guys, there's nothing sexier than confidence or so the ladies say, and blue Chew can help you get that confidence where it counts. And if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ANGLE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is ANGLE to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast.
3: Well, Kurt, uh, you returned to the former ECW arena for your first match inside a TNA ring. You're in the main event against abyss. What do you remember of this and putting it
2: together? Maybe talk a little bit about working with abyss. Abyss was uh very talented, uh, one of the best big guys I've ever wrestled. I felt that he relied a little bit too much on the hardcore stuff, the weapons. He didn't need that. And I told him continuously, you don't need to do that because your wrestling is outstanding. And, uh, but he felt that he, people identified him with the hardcore stuff. So I understand why he did it, but he didn't have to. And, uh, I had to talk him out of a couple of hardcore spots <laughs> in the match, but I do believe we use tax in that match, uh, from what I re- remember.
3: And he's gone on to have a successful career now with the WWE in a producer role. So.
2: Yeah. And he's a great producer. Vince McMahon absolutely loves the guy.
1: Hmm.
3: That's interesting.
2: No, ah, that's that's excellent. So,
3: I got to ask: This is your first match in the six-sided ring. I know we've talked about this before. What do you think of working in the ring, and how different is it as a wrestler to not be in the old-fashioned squared circle?
2: Well, the match is a lot faster. You come off the ropes quicker. The ring's smaller at six sides. Uh, you, when you come off the ropes, you have one step before you connect with your opponent. In WWE and their bigger ring, you have two steps. So you have to react quicker. It's it's a much faster-paced match.
3: Well, Kurt, uh, we move on. You face off against Abyss for your first match on TNA-TV on the first two-hour primetime episode of Impact. That's right. The show draws a 1.02 rating and 1.2 million viewers, which is a 20% increase on the average rating at the time. The show is taped ahead of time, though, not live. That's key. And there's a lot, as our buddy Conrad says, to unpack here. Is the rating a disappointment for you? Do you think it's the fact that it's taped ahead of time and there's spoilers that are out on the
2: Internet that hurts it? Where do you stand on that? Well, the spoilers don't help. Um, you know, having the show taped, I'd prefer it to be live. It's a lot better live. But um, the rating was great. It was an improvement, 20% improvement. As long as we were getting better, that's all I cared about. That's all that mattered to me. So having 1.2 million viewers and the previous week having like 900,000, that's a huge improvement. That's 20% increase. And I would you have to be happy about that.
3: Well, Kurt, as you mentioned, you would wrestle Abyss, 14 minutes, 30 seconds. Meltzer gave it. Four and three quarter, I'm sorry, three and three quarter stars. (laughs) And as you said, thumbtacks were involved. And afterwards, Joe lays you out and bloodies you up while sting and abyss brawl. Was this something you think you and Joe needed to heat up the match for the pay-per-view, even though this is your first pay-per-view match against Joe's 17 month unbeaten streak?
2: We didn't need it, but you have to continue the storyline. You have to continue the program with something. Whether it be another stare down, which we already did. So, you know, that would have gotten old. Uh, I think that Joe getting heat on me at this particular time was the right thing to do.
3: Well, Kurt, I'm going to ask you to bear with me here for a second because another story pops up in the Observer. And I also have a follow up clip to play to you. I sent this to you earlier this week. And so I want to play this and then I want to get your reaction. And uh, in the Observer, it says Angle told Christopher Sabin that he was a great wrestler but that he didn't like his look. Angle said that he looked too dirty and didn't stand out. Angle later made the suggestion and apparently was serious that Saban do a gimmick or he'd be like Pigpen in the old Peanuts comic strip and have food and dirt all over him. I'm going to take this one step further, Kurt. Not only did the Observer say this, but a good friend of yours had some comments in 2014. Now, remember, this is seven years ago on a High Spots shoot interview. And uh, I want you to hear what AJ Styles had to say about your arrival. And then I'll get all your thoughts on all of this after the clip. You ready? All right, here we go.
2: Let's talk about some of the other guys. You mentioned Kurt Angle coming in. And Kurt Angle came in at a time when basically WWE kind of cast him aside for some of his personal issues. And he came over to TNA, and he's still with TNA. I think a lot of people are surprised that he's been able to stay there. Do, do you think he, he came in with the same mentality of, of Christian where I can – I can do something for this company, not what this company can do for me.
5: He may have that may have been, but when Kurt first got here, there wasn't a lot of people that liked. I said it again, I had that four or five. Anyway, when when Kurt first came to TNA, there was a not a lot of people liked him. I remember him calling uh, Chris Sabin and you know, just like what. Pick yeah, pig pen. I guess he thought he looked nasty. I don't know what it was. And just saying some of the most outrageous things. And I don't think Kurt knew how great the roster was at DNA when he first got there. Um, but over time, when he he realized how you know I think the, the guy he first you know, wrestled with was uh, Joe, mm-hmm. and realized how awesome Joe was, and then it just kept getting better. And you, you know, not better, but you know, the, he got to see more of the roster from there. You know. And his, I think his attitude changed. You're like, okay, these guys can go. They're not just independent workers who have no idea what they're doing. They're, these guys can go. And uh, so his attitude changed, and and, and we got along great. There, there was at some point I was I was gonna say something to Kurt like, hey man, <laughs> this ain't your home,
1: right?
5: You know, this is our home. You, you're just visiting until you know, you know, we'll we, we make you a bed here, you know. And uh, it, it almost got to that point because he'd say some of the most ridiculous things, you know, but. Uh, I think once he gained uh, respect uh, for the roster, it, it got so much better and and to this day I mean I've had some of the best matches with Kurt ankle and and I, I really love the guy I really do he's a, he's an animal he's a machine he can get in there and go and uh, I just I've loved the matches that him and I have had and we've made a great friendship out of it and uh, I really do love that guy.
2: Kurt <laughs> response to that. Okay, the whole thing with Chris Saban was all a joke. Uh, the thing is, Chris was coming in and he was had this five o'clock shadow beard, and he had this really cool hairstyle, and it was frosted, but his hair was messy. He it, it was real. It, it, I was actually a little jealous. He had <laughs> a great great head of hair, and he's a really good looking kid, and but he had this five o'clock shadow and this messy hair with the frosting on it. And I said, hey, man, you look like Pigpen. You need to clean yourself up. It was a joke. I didn't mean anything by it. I, I might have come into TNA with a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. Um, I don't quite remember. But, um, you know, you could tell by my interview that I did at the beginning of TNA, that that, that opening promo I did uh, to start my um, entrance in TNA that I did have a chip on my shoulder. So I, I believe my attitude was a little different back then. But J, AJ's right. The, the guys proved to me that they were the real deal. And uh, these guys were worth uh, uh, wrestling and uh, worth uh, uh, building the company with. And uh, I, I knew, um, you know, at the beginning, I wasn't quite sure, but, you know, after a while, uh, my attitude changed and I started thinking, okay, these guys are pretty damn good. And, and they're all a good group of guys and everybody gets along. Well, I might as well get along with them. So AJ was right to an extent, but it was a joke. It honestly was just a joke,
0: man. I love talking about the good old days of professional wrestling with Kurt angle, but it feels like the good old days are where our internet security are these days. I mean, don't you think it's weird that we've all really changed the way we use the internet it's in our pocket. It's on our TV. We're all these apps. But the security tools are pretty much the same. That didn't make sense to me, but aura does you see aura provides complete digital security to help protect your online accounts, finances, devices, and more all in one easy to use app. between your photos, your finances, your devices, and your connections, your world is more online than ever. And you may have security systems in place for real life, but what about your online life? Or Aura can help sound the alarm if your digital presence is at risk. You see, Aura provides digital security protection to keep your finances, your personal information, and your tech safe from online threats. It's all in one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more with Aura you'll get alerted to fraud and threats fast like if your online accounts or passwords were leaked online, or if someone tries to open a bank account in your name. Aura is easy to set up. All the plans come with a million dollars in identity theft insurance to help recover your stolen funds. An experienced US-based customer support team has got your back. Aura is a new type of security service that protects all of your online information and devices with one simple subscription. With an easy online dashboard and alerts that are sent straight to your phone, Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issue. For a limited time, Aura is offering our listeners up to 40% off plans when you visit aura.com/angle. Go to aura.com/angle to get complete protection and savings of up to 40%. That's a u r a.com/angle. So Chris Saban, if you're
3: listening, he thought I you were a damn. Le- Chris. Yeah. he apologizes. You were a damn looking, good looking man. And he was jealous of your hairstyle. I was jealous of his hair or that you had hair,
2: <laughs> both
3: <laughs> hair envy on Kurt Angle's part. But no, I mean, you know, and you got to think about it too, Kurt, from their aspect, all of a sudden you're a big name and they know you're coming in. You're going to take TV time. You're going to take main event time. Uh, they felt like they've worked very hard. Uh, You think about AJ, Christopher Daniels, Christopher Saban, all all these guys, Bobby Rude, they've been putting their blood, sweat, and tears into this. So they're sitting there kind of looking at you and you're kind of looking at them, maybe down, down a little bit. Like, who do you think you are? So I'm sure there's a little bit of stuff going on there for the first little bit.
2: Yeah, probably. And and that would be my fault. Um, I probably should have came in with a little bit more open arms and been a little bit more friendly. But I, I had work to do, and I had a lot to accomplish, and I wasn't going to get sidetracked by any of that.
3: Well, the good news is it all worked itself out. And as and as AJ wraps up that interview, he said, my God, I, I love Kurt. He's one of my, you know, a great relationship now.
2: Some yeah, of the best we, matches ever. Yeah, we had some of the greatest matches of all time, and AJ's one of my best friends. I absolutely love the kid.
3: Yeah, so it's good to hear how that all came full, full circle. <laughs> well, we're here now, Kurt. We made it through the Observer drama and the pig pen stuff. We're here back to wrestling. Your pay-per-view debut against Samoa Joe has finally arrived. We're in front of 900 fans in Orlando. It's the first time you've wrestled twice in fr- uh, in a row in front of a television audience at the same place. What struck you as different in this type of setting? What did you think about the impact zone?
2: Well, the impact zone was small. It was a studio, but it was a really cool setup. I mean, if you saw my entrance and what they were able to do with that, you know, the, the whole uh, backboard and the entrance and the ramp, uh, it was a really cool setup. And then you went down to the ring and 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 the crowd looked a lot bigger than 900 people. They, they were able to make it look like there was a few thousand people in that arena. And it wasn't an arena. It was a studio. But um it, it it was a cool place to do it. It just took a lot of getting used to because I was going to be there quite a bit, you know, every single week. And uh you know that that that's uh that could be a little bit humbling when you're not traveling around the world in WWE and then you go to TNA and you're doing it in the same spot every single week. It it can be a bit humbling, but you know, we grew as a company and eventually we started uh uh going out to other arenas and having our bigger pay-per-views at bigger arenas. So we were growing, and uh, I was very happy about that. Well,
3: and I'm sure, too, you balanced your outlook when you said, hey, they're paying me a decent wage. The travel schedule is far less than what I had to do. No doubt, yes. So you take the good with the bad, right? Uh, I'm sure that it's still, even though 900 the noise in a small venue like that, it, it probably still felt pretty cool to
2: wrestle inside. It, it was it was infectious. There you it go. It really was. It, it, the the crowd, the reaction, the studio, you would think there were 5,000 people in that arena. And, there you uh, go. Uh, that's what was really cool about the impact zone. It didn't matter how many people were in there. It was always a good setup, and it always looked great and sounded great.
3: From the Observer regarding your match, Kurt Angle beat Samoa Joe in 13 minutes and 31 seconds. The crowd was super hyped for this one. I would tell all of you, if you haven't yet, it's November. This is going to be the 15-year anniversary uh, this month of November. Go back and watch this. If you have the Impact Plus app, you can find the full match, by the way, also on YouTube. Uh, It is fantastic. I watched it this morning. They started chanting, this is awesome, when you guys just touched. You locked up, and they're already chanting, this is awesome. You used an overhead belly-to-belly suplex and clothesline over the top rope. The one thing about Angle is that he is so intense in the ring, he brings a level of believability in his matches that nobody else matches. Fans cheered both of you, and there were loud chants of, Joe is going to kill you, and Angle is going to kill you. Joe whipped Angle's head hard into the guardrail, which, by the way, I'll pause here. I felt it looked like you really got hurt when he threw you into the, into the guardrail, either that, or you were just amazing at selling your ass off. I would choose the latter. I'm amazing <laughs> <at selling>. <laughs> <laughs> Which by the way, we talk about you, uh, moving into pro wrestling, like a duck to water, but the selling for you is, is what I don't think people
2: talk about enough. Well, because that's it, the first thing I learned. I, I turned everything off my instincts. no, I didn't want to learn any wrestling moves. First thing I wanted to learn was how to bump properly and sell properly. And I, I made sure those were my two most important things I had to learn before I learned anything else.
3: Yeah, because it's like, okay, yeah, you know how to do suplexes and wrestling holds and ankle locks. You have that background, but the selling, I think, is what you should most be proud of of More what you important
2: really- than anything else.
3: Yes, bingo. So, and I was really picking up on that in this match. So he whipped you across, you know, into the guardrail. Amazing job. Joe used an elbow suicida, and then Angle came up bleeding badly after a nasty blade job after being thrown hard into the ring steps. He was bleeding all over the place. Joe was headbutting Angle as well as digging his fingers into the cut and spreading it. Okay. Joe got a near fall with a power slam. Angle was sitting on the top rope and caught Joe in a guillotine. Joe tried to slam angle out of it, but angle turned it into a DDT. Angle used three German suplexes, but Joe kicked out. Joe used the muscle buster, but angle kicked out. Angle used the Olympic slam. Uh oh, I think we just got charged by the Olympics, but Joe (laughs) kicked out. Angle went for the ankle lock, but Joe escaped and turned it into a chokehold. You guys get the picture. Joe missed the tackle, and Angle used the Olympic slam a second time. It was funny because when Angle went for the ankle lock the first time, he had pulled down his straps. So he had to pull up his straps and then pull them back down and put on the ankle lock. You're just all kinds of wardrobe issues here. Joe struggled until he was near the ropes, but never got to the ropes and finally tapped out. Fans started chanting, you tapped out at Joe. Joe said that on this day, angle was the better man, but he wanted a rematch and wanted to shake angles. hand. angle blew him off and left and went to the heel entrance. Joe then vowed that they would have to do things the hard way. This one as four and a quarter stars, which today I'm sure would be high. Just rated even higher, especially if you were in the Tokyo dome, the <laughs> match was booked to go long and everyone on the undercard was given strong warnings not to go over there a lot of time because they needed time for angle versus Joe angle was calling the match and it was his call to go home way early. Again, this is all Dave Meltzer. If it was because he felt going longer would hurt the match or it's a physical issue, nobody really knows other than it was a surprise and the show ended 10 to 15 minutes earlier than scheduled. Kurt, tell us about that.
2: Okay. It was my first match against Samoa Joe. We never touched before, except for the brawl that we had at the very beginning of the program. 14 minutes is plenty time for your first match. You have to build on that first match with your second match. You have to build on your third match from the first and second match. So each match will get longer as you continue on with your program. And I knew I wasn't just going to wrestle Joe once. I was going to beat Joe and his undefeated streak. So I know I had to eventually return the favor and have him beat me. And then we would have a a blow off match, a, a two out of three to see who wins the program. So I, I, I didn't want to go too long because we didn't need it. And, uh, the match was perfect as it was. We didn't need to go any bit, any more longer than we did. And, uh, that's the reason why I made sure that it was only 14 minutes. Well, there
3: you go. That answers years long debate <laughs> right here on the Kurt Angle show. And that's why I went home. He, there's a method to Kurt Angle's madness. There Dan is, Yes. So go write that in your article next week.
0: Guys, let's get serious for a second here and talk about a medical condition that might be a bit stigmatized or misunderstood in our society. Low testosterone. Did you know that millions of men in the U S suffer from low testosterone and that number is only increasing. In fact, our father's generations had more testosterone than we do today. And the scientific community is starting to believe that environmental factors are a cause of this. Are you always tired? having trouble gaining muscle mass, lacking focus and stamina, your testosterone might be to blame. Here's the thing. Testosterone is so much more than just a sex hormone and optimizing your levels can not only lead to a better libido, but also impact your energy, body composition and overall mood. In fact, the single largest complaint their customers make is to have more energy so they can feel like themselves and take care of their responsibilities. The great news is that our sponsor Hone Health is here to help. Hone is the fastest growing men's health clinic in the country and makes it easy to get testing and treatment from the comfort of home using real physicians, real science, and real FDA approved methods of treatment. All you have to do is complete your at-home assessment and once the results are ready, you'll video chat with a licensed physician to go over the results and discuss treatment options customized for your specific needs. Your doctor approved medication gets delivered to your door every month like clockwork and they check in with you every 90 days. Hone has helped tens of thousands of men all across the United States. Although I'm no medical expert, Hone Health is, and they'll be there with you every step of the way. For a limited time, listeners of our show can get the at-home assessment and a video chat with a licensed physician for only $45. Don't wait any longer. Head over to their website using our special link, HoneHealth.com forward slash angle to claim your offer. That's HoneHealth.com forward slash angle. That's dot com forward slash angle. That's honehealth.com forward slash angle. That's H O N E health.com forward slash angle. The rumor and innuendo is that
3: there was a spot in your match where you had planned to do, uh, to German suplex, Joe 10 times, and you only did it three. Clear up that rumor and innuendo. Did you gas out from not working as often? Or was that the was that the deal? Did you just want to do three? Because on that third one, by the way, you kind of just dropped I don't know if you remember, but he you kind of just dropped him on the third one.
2: Yeah, well, it was it was getting really hard. Um, I don't know if I could have German Joe ten times. That, that was the that was the problem. Not that I was tired, I just couldn't get him up. So the, the third one I barely got him and I knew there was time to let go.
3: Okay. And I, and, and if you go back and watch the match, you'll definitely see what I'm saying. As you watch him, especially deliver the third, but it was an intense, brutal match. This was a physical match.
2: It uh, was, it, it was very intense and very physical. That's how Samoa Joe is. He's always been like that. And always will be.
3: Did Joe have any issue with this winning streak? His winning, winning streak, the 17 months coming to an end against Joe.
2: Actually, he was relieved. Um, I think because he had other matches where uh, he got DQ'd, so he never lost his undefeated streak. Um, they were all they—they they were always putting Joe with matches where he would dominate the matches and win. But some of the matches, like against Sting or Jeff Jarrett, uh, they wanted to protect those guys and didn't want Joe to beat them, so they would do a DQ. And so Joe was like just going crazy with this whole undefeated thing. And he's like, I'm not really undefeated because I've been DQ'd before. And I just don't want this undefeated streak to last. And I understood. I mean, he did go 172 matches straight without getting pinned or submitted. And uh, I would, I would feel the same way too. I, I, I couldn't wait for it to end, to be honest with you.
3: Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, you think about it because it's just, it's just this growing albatross. When are you going to lose? When are you going to lose? And so that
2: nah, makes total and, and sense. If way too long. You know, the, it's, it's not going to matter if you keep it for five years or if you do it for one year, uh, it's it, the point is you had an undefeated streak and that's all that matters. But it, you know, once you, once you, uh, make it long enough, that, that people say, damn, this guy's really on a streak. It's time to get beat. It really is.
3: And 17 months worked and it made it so that when you debuted for him to face you, it just all came together. How, how else would you want to lose a streak than to have an incoming superstar, you know, to lose to? I mean, it's, it's, it's written perfectly. Way to, way yeah.
2: Well, end. you know, I don't think Joe was upset that he lost to an Olympic gold medalist. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- uh, I think he was okay with that. The other
3: question I have for you is, uh, why acting, uh, like a heel here? Was it time? Is this what you wanted to do with your character? You said, you you know, you're working with Vince Russo. Was this his idea with you? Well, like what's going on
2: here? What I did discuss with TNA, as far as creative was that when I came in, I knew I'd be a babyface, but I wanted to be a heel because heels are what make the other wrestlers. I wanted to build the other wrestlers, build the baby faces up and, um, uh, get them established, and, you know, as a heel, you control the match, you control the tempo, you call the match. That's where I feel more comfortable. And that's how I can make my opponents. Not that most of these guys didn't need to be made like AJ and Joe. They were already made sting and Jeff Jarrett, but the younger guys, you know, I, 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 I need to be a heel in order to make the guy, these guys, uh, uh careers better.
3: Well, Kurt, if there's one thing I've learned about you is you really are uh, the epitome of the three eyes. And when I think about the eye intensity, what did you think of this first match? Was it everything that you wanted to be for your first big match in TNA? Did it meet Kurt Angle's standards, the gold standard for your yes, first big did. match?
2: It, it was about as good as it gets for a first match, especially uh Joe and I never touching before except for that brawl at the beginning of our program. Uh it was it was very special and it and it showed me how good Joe truly was.
3: Well, listen, you talked about it. You said, man, you knew right from the get go, he was special and you were going to have a special relationship in terms of re- in the wrestling ring with him. And, uh, that certainly would be the case throughout your career in TNA. We're going to get to a couple fan questions. Does that work for you, Kurt? Yes, sir. All right. Let's start with Bryant Haremza. And he says going into this match, did you know there would be two more matches or were you told this was kind of a one-off match with Kurt with, uh, with, uh, Samoa Joe?
2: Well, at the time, creative didn't tell me anything. They just told me that we're going to have this one match. But I knew deep down inside that I, I, Joe wasn't going to give, give me that favor of beating his undefeated streak and then just ending the program. I knew I eventually I'd have to return the favor to Joe. So I knew our program wasn't over after one. I just didn't know if we were going to have three. And we ended up having three. So uh, uh, it, it it wasn't said that we were going to have a program after the first match, but I believe that we would. Uh, And there was, there was no, no ifs, ands or buts about that. I I knew that uh, I would have to return the favor to Joe.
3: All right. Good stuff. Next up. This is a fun question. I really like it. Fernando Diaz says, who did Kurt have better
2: chemistry with Brock or Joe? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh man, that's tough. Um, Brock was more explosive. Joe was more physical. Um, I had great chemistry with both of them. It's very hard to say which one I had better chemistry with. Um, You know, Brock was a amateur wrestler and I think that him and I probably had better chemistry from a wrestling perspective, but Samoa Joe was awesome. I mean, what he was able to do in that ring And, uh, you know, not just from a a technical standpoint, but high flying standpoint, I mean, Joe had it all. I mean, for a 300 pound Samoan, he could do just about anything, but I had great chemistry with both of them. I'd have to say it's a tie.
3: (laughs) Kurt, with that answer, you too could run for public office next year. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Ben is up next. He said, Samoa Joe is probably my second favorite pro wrestler of all time. I'm his favorite. No. (laughs) He said some, yeah, we'll go with you being number one. Where does Kurt rank Joe on his list of all-time favorite opponents?
2: Well, definitely top 10, maybe a little bit, me even a little bit higher, but I can't determine that because there are so many great wrestlers that I wrestled and it's really difficult to say which one's first, second, third, fourth, fifth, but Joe's definitely in the top 10. He deserves that.
3: Hey, we just did a top 10 of uh, dream opponents you didn't get to wrestle. Would you ever want to do a top 10 opponents that you did face?
2: (laughs) That's not a bad idea. That would be fun. uh, I hope I don't get heat with somebody. Uh,
3: I know, right? See, that's what you're worried about. Not entering the top 10, yeah. (laughs) You would have all these alternates. But by the way, honorable mention, this list is by no means exhaustive. And then you would just read like 25 names. All right. That's funny. All right. The Lee, uh, the LVP says if someone else had, he had to beat Joe before you to end his undefeated streak, would that have hurt the credibility of your win in this match? I don't
2: think so. I think that Joe's undefeated streak, even after I beat him, he still had an undefeated streak. He was still red hot. He was still Samoa Joe. He was still the dominating wrestler that was undefeated. Uh, whenever you lose that undefeated streak, you still had a streak. So um, I don't think it took any credibility away from the match. I, I Whether Joe lost uh, a month before I wrestled him or or six months before, I don't think it would have mattered. Okay. Uh,
3: makes sense. You two were still, Joe was still red hot.
2: Still a tough guy. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Rory Melberg says, what are your thoughts ending someone's streak and picking the
2: right opponent to do such? Well, that's that's a difficult question. Uh, you want to make sure it is the right opponent. You want to make sure that that person's really hot and that he's uh, gonna be one of the top guys in the company, um, especially when you're beating a you know defeating somebody with an undefeated streak. Uh, Samoa Joe, what he deserved for to end that streak is a Kurt Angle, and uh, I really believe that. I would feel the same way if I was Samoa Joe and he was Kurt Angle, I would feel the same way too. I would say, that's the guy I want to beat my undefeated streak and my undefeated streak. That's the guy.
3: All right, Kurt. We have four more questions. We'll go rapid fire real quick through these, and then we'll close it down. Umar Khan says, Kurt, do you think that the NWA world heavyweight title match should have gone on last instead of your match? By the way, Abyss defeated Sting by DQ to win the TNA uh, to win the 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 uh, championship, which by the way, in TNA titles changed hands on DQs. Uh, Best would be the new champ that night. Um, so what do you think? Do you think you should have been the final match, or do you think that the belt should have gone on last?
2: It's debatable. I I, I don't disagree with that question. Um, the NWA title is the most important thing in the company. You want to make sure that that is the last match but you have Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle. You have the biggest name ever to enter the company against a guy that had um, uh, how many months? 17 months undefeated streak. Uh, you know, that that is a feature match. That is a match that you want to put on last. So it, it could have gone either way. The NWA match, Abyss versus Sting, or Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle. But either one is the right choice. All right. Final three. Here we go.
3: Another AJ question. Apparently I couldn't find this one cause I looked for it. AJ said in the shoot interview, he thought it was a mistake having Kurt come in and immediately beat Joe as it made the TNA guys look second best. What does Kurt think about this?
2: I don't think so. I, you know, Samoa Joe, j- j- just because I was the new guy and that the new guy should not get uh, a win against their top guy or the undefeated guy, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, I, I had, I was a six-time world champion in WWE. So me coming in, uh, nobody's going to lose credibility by losing to me. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I'm an Olympic gold medalist, six-time WWE champion. Um, that that credibility right there, you know, it's not going to hurt Joe to lose to me. So, And it didn't. I, I don't understand why AJ would say that.
3: And it didn't. So there you go. Uncle J89, Kurt, how good was Samoa Joe, and why wasn't he a bigger star on the
2: WWE main roster? I have no idea why. <laughs> Samoa Joe should have been one of the top guys, if not the top guy in WWE. He is so good in the ring, and he is so articulate on the microphone. This kid has it all. He has a great look, he has a, he has great promo skills, and he has great in-ring ability. And uh, there isn't a guy... Uh, that I know that I would put above Samoa Joe. So I'm not sure why he didn't pan out in WWE the way he deserved to be. He did pan out. He was a main eventer, especially at different times he was, but he didn't get the credit that he deserved at WWE that he got in TNA.
3: I will say too, there was a few times where I felt like he was about to get the big push and then unfortunately injuries occurred. Yeah. The
2: injuries just- did, did not help Samoa Joe.
3: Richie says, final question, whose idea was it for you to refuse shaking Joe's hand after the match? And did you think it helped advance the story you guys were trying to tell?
2: Yes. And what it did is it turned Joe baby and me heel. And that's where I wanted to be in the company. And, um, I did want to continue on as a heel and, uh, Samoa Joe, whether he wanted to be a baby face or heel, I don't know, but I felt comfortable, more comfortable as a heel and continuing the program as a heel against Samoa Joe.
3: Kurt, we made it. It is, we are through Genesis 2006, 15 years ago. Can you believe that? What a, what a night, what an event. I love doing the show with you just simply because of watching the buildup of those clips and then getting to watch that main event match. Again, I encourage you to go back and check out that match. Uh, It'll give you all the fills. And I'm telling you, if you're not a member of adfreeshows.com, this is a reason to be uh, at the $9 tier, not only do you get these shows early and ad free, but you get them on video. And on this week's show, we showed the video clips, uh, of these interviews, Kurt, and that was kind of fun to go back and see some of that interaction. Wasn't it?
2: Yes. It was a lot of fun. We had a blast.
3: <laughs> so check it out. Uh, Kurt, why don't you tell us about some of the things you have gone on over at physicallyfit.com.
2: Okay. I got t-shirts. I got cowboy hats, birthday cards, uh, milk cartons. Autograph photos, whatever you want. The whole ball of wax, very affordable prices. Um, some of them are just $26, including shipping and handling. Um, I also have uh, Cameo video messages if you guys want are interested in that. Uh, also at cardanglebrand.com. Um, uh, if you have uh, an object or, or uh, a photo that I took with you or you have a world title that you want me to sign – send it to the address at the website and I will sign it, personalize it and sign it for you. If you send me a return postage paid envelope and uh, a small donation for charity.
3: There you go. That's uh, you can check that out. Curt Also you can get those delicious chicken snacks, which they're all over the Bromwell household at physicallyfit.com, Anglepod for 20% off flavors. Galore. Kurt's holding up some now on video. What do you got there? Is that the kung pao?
2: Kung pao, yes, yes. Uh, one of my favorites. It's very spicy, though. Uh, you know the we have uh we have sweet and spicy. We have barbecue, sweet barbecue. We have cinnamon swirl. Those are the sweet ones. The spicy ones are sriracha, buffalo wing, and blue cheese kung pao. Uh, we got eleven different flavors, and uh, we got an organic plant protein and chicken protein. So order yours at physically fit.com. And listen, you can
3: take them on vacation with you. I know a few bags went with you to the Jericho. Yes, they
2: did. (laughs) I I mean,
3: just sitting out there by the poolside, nothing like a poolside snack. Some some fizz from physicallyfit.com, those chicken snacks, baby.
2: Yes, sir. You're absolutely right.
3: All right, check them out there. Also, find Kurt Angle. You can find the show at the angle pod on Twitter and Instagram. Give it a follow. Check it out on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the angle pop. Smash that subscribe button, follow all the good stuff that helps out Kurt tremendously. And then lastly, wildcatbelts.com, Kurt, right over my shoulder, number one in a That's series the of five. Kurt Angle World title, uh. the Kurt Angle American Hero Championship belt as made, as designed by Andrew at Wildcat Belts. He is the premier belt maker. He's the one that makes all the belts for the WWE for NXT, and he has worked exclusively with Kurt to design and handcraft these beautiful championship belts. I can't talk about uh, I have one. I was able to order the first one, paid full price for it. No discounts here. Okay. And it's behind my shoulder. You can see pictures of this on his Instagram and Facebook account at Wildcat Belts. So check out the photos, Kurt. Not only did you sign and autograph the belt, you autographed the certificate of authenticity and it com- comes with a stand that you autographed as well.
2: Yes. I autographed everything and it, it looks awesome. It's a great display and you're going to absolutely love it if you buy it.
3: And you're getting one, and he's going to do some custom leather work for yours, right?
2: Yes, yes. They're going to make it a different leather because he doesn't want to make the same belt for me as the the five that he's uh, making specifically for fans.
3: Yep. So, man, it is a beautiful belt. So, for all you belt nerds, I'm one of them. Belt collectors, this is one that is limited edition. They will not be made again. I talked to Andrew about this specifically, and this is your opportunity to own a piece of Kurt Angle history. I can't put it over enough. It is a wow piece for your Kurt Angle collection. So check it out. Kurt, next week, it's Ask Kurt Angle Anything. And we're going to turn the questions over to all of you for an hour-long Q&A with our Olympic gold medalist. So make sure you go out to Twitter, use hashtag Ask Kurt, and we'll make sure your questions are included. Kurt, thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. That's going to do it for this week, my friend.
2: Sounds great, man. I had a blast today. It was great talking about Genesis 2006 and Samoa Joe.
3: On behalf of Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell, and we'll see you
0: again next week right here on the Kurt Angle Show. Boy, we love talking about our friend Steven Singer, and I'll tell you, the competition must really hate Steven Singer. You see, he's not focusing on sales, coupons, or discounts. No, no, Steven is in the love business and to celebrate love with his guests means giving the very best price every single day. Steve is the first to offer the perfect price. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Well, here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down, to make you feel like you're getting a deal. Now the guy next to you may be paying less. Is that how you want to purchase something special? For someone special? Stephen doesn't play those pricing games. You can trust Stephen Singer Jewelers for the best value every single day. He stands behind that value with the best guarantee in the business and no risk shopping. That's why we trust Stephen Singer. Buy real jewelry from a real jeweler. Visit Stephen Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut and Philly or online at IHateStevensinger.com. Stephen Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. That's I hate